1: Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon, Sign Guy with you as usual, real fast before we jump into it with our guests, if you're looking for some pro wrestling in the next couple of days, I know tonight... WCW at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana as usual. You can find myself there two weeks from tonight as I make my return. Also, you have FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Also tonight, Relentless Wrestling happening in Spoke and Washington. Without further ado, I want to welcome our guest to the show today. Someone I've been very excited to bring to you, the listeners. She is former Glamour champion, Lola. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Hola, Lola, it is a pleasure having you. And since it is your first time on our show, I want to start you with our traditional first-timer question of what led to you getting into this crazy business of professional wrestling?
0: Yes. So, I mean, I used to watch it when I was little, um, just every morning, every, it was every Sunday morning in Spanish, um, the, the Telemundo channel. Um, I used to watch it all the time with my dad. Um, and then eventually, um, it was just something that I just wanted to do. So when I was 16, um, I went, to a wrestling school in Utah and I did that for about eight months and then my mom pulled me out of it. Um <laughs> because I she thought I was still too young to be doing that. Um but seven years later I there was another company in Utah starting up and I wanted to give it another try and I did and I've I've been doing it since then. So
1: Yeah. Watching on Telemundo, there was a little bit of a mix of wrestling on there. You had the Lucha Libre out of Mexico, and you had some American promotions such as what is now WWE with shows on Telemundo at one point. Did you, as a youngster, prefer one style over the other, or did you watch all that you could how is your interest formed
0: yeah so uh mainly wwe that
1: would play in in
0: spanish and um and again it was only on on sunday sunday mornings um that's what i did and then um eventually my my dad actually started watching um the mexican style wrestling lucha libre and um, and I would watch it, and I thought it was so cool, just, you know, all the flips that they would do. Um, but for me, that that really got me pulled into wrestling was, was WWE for sure.
1: When you start training in Utah, it is an area that isn't traditionally a hotbed of professional wrestling. There's always been wrestling there going back – to the Territory Days when the AWA would run there and WWF would come into town. But as far as independence, it wasn't really a known area. Coming out of training, did you find it hard when you started going to other places to find bookings that would take you since it was not a very well-known area?
0: I mean, I I had a like a really good group of people that would travel a lot to Colorado and to Texas and so I started traveling with them just to see kind of how um looked like outside of Utah. Um, and I found that Colorado I mean there there's just so many companies over here, which is why I decided to move to Colorado um and and be part of Rocky Mountain pro um because they've they've been doing really really big things here
1: oh, Colorado is a hotbed for independent wrestling right now, there are like you said many companies and For women wrestlers, there are a lot of opportunities. I know Kikyo Fallen Flower just won the uh, tournament there in Primos Pro, I believe uh, the Primos 9. And there are lots of opportunities there in the entire state of Colorado. Most people think of Denver, but it has grown to include Colorado Springs and other parts of the state as well. What do you think it is about Colorado that has really made that area grow as far as being a hotbed for professional wrestling in the last few years?
0: Yeah, I I'm not I'm not completely sure. I know that years ago there was um I want to say there was maybe one company and out of that one company there's they started other ones uh, like Rocky Mountain Pro and New Era and uh, Primos and and um, CSW. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe also because it's a bigger city. I'm not. I'm not completely sure. But I just think it's 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 amazing to to be in a state and be in a place where where there's just a lot of wrestling around. <sighs>
1: Being from Utah, you're probably a little more accustomed to the elevation than other people are. When a lot of the talent travels to Colorado, I'm sure for a lot of people it's going to be something of a shock to their system. All of a sudden wrestling in the high elevation like you would have in Colorado and also in Utah do you notice in your opponents when you wrestle people out of the area that they aren't necessarily prepared for wrestling in a high elevation state like Colorado?
0: Yeah, I don't think i I really notice it much in the ring. I think I'm going to say more as after when they're breathing heavy in um, and, um like are are you okay like what's you know um and because yeah i'm I'm very used to it, of course, just living that in my whole life um but it's i I definitely do do see it in my my opponents <laughs> that they struggle in breathing,
1: <laughs> you've had the good fortune to travel to a lot of. Places here in the east or the western half of the country. You've gone all over the map here on the west side of the United States. What is it about the travel that has made Ola Lola so attracted to traveling as a professional wrestler?
0: Um. What? Sorry. What do you mean by that? Like.
1: Like, like what was it that made you want to? Travel to all these places for wrestling. Was it the travel itself, or did you have another uh, interest in traveling? Was just part of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, even before I I became a wrestler, I just always enjoyed traveling. Um, I I love visiting new places. Every year, I try to go to one new state, and every other year, I try to go to a new country. Um, and then all that kind of got messed up with 2020, of course, but it's okay. Um, and so I just, I, I love, I love seeing the world. And I think it's really cool that I also get to do it in wrestling. Um, and I get to meet new people, um, and see different promotions, um, and just getting my name out there and, you know, having people know who I am um is is mainly why i I also enjoy traveling.
1: part of independent wrestling, of course, is traveling, and there are often hardships when it comes to that on the independent level, you're paying for your own travel a lot of times uh, you don't necessarily know where to stay when you go into a new area. There's sometimes hassles with getting rooms from the promoters and so forth and so on. What are some of the tips you would give a new wrestler coming in today as far as being able to succeed when they start traveling outside of their home area to wrestle?
0: Yeah, I think um, the main thing I would say is if you're going to travel um go to a company or go with someone that you know and that you trust um because you know i'm just thinking of like worst situation where you know you get invited to a promotion and then you you think that you're going to stay somewhere and then you don't have a place you know um so if it's your first time traveling out of state i would say go with someone i think y- specifically I think maybe going with your trainer I think is is one of the the best things Um, and also um, just having fun and enjoying it I know like nerves uh, can get to you and everything but it's all about having fun also
1: one of the more unfortunate parts of our industry is the nature of it means you're going to have injuries pop up from time to time, whether it's the occasional cut or bump or something more serious like a fracture or a concussion. What are some of the injuries that you've had to overcome so far?
0: Thankfully, I haven't had any injuries. Um, I would say I've close. Um, I would say one big one was um, I was taking an arm drag and I don't know how, but somehow this girl's head landed on my eyebrow bone and I ended up with a black eye. Um, And then at OBW, I was actually in a match with Lacey Ryan, who is um, Zoe Stark. In WWE, um, her finisher—it's it, she gives like this running knee, and <laughs> well, she she got my jaw pretty well. I it was really hard to open my mouth. Um, thankfully, it wasn't broken and dislocated, um, but that was probably a a really close one.
1: <laughs> uh, when you're wrestling and something like that happens, and you're far from home, you're thousands of miles away from your home base, what's going through your mind when you've got a close call with an injury like that, if anything out of the usual is going through your mind when it happens?
0: Um, I mean... Insurance is great. <laughs> um, for me, I that's always something I've always made sure I, I have. Um, just wrestling, again, because you're traveling everywhere, you just want to make sure that you do have that. Um, again, if we're talking about new wrestlers, make sure you do have that. Um, you never know what will happen. Um, and um, also, I mean, when when I got that knee to my face, um, I was glad that I was with the people that I know and that I trusted. And, um, let's just say I, you know, it did get dislocated and I needed to go to the emergency room. Um, I know that there was people there too. That would be, that would be with me. Um, that would make me feel a little bit more safe and more comfortable too. Um, so, but I'm, I'm just glad that, again, that that has never happened, and I hope it doesn't in my whole uh, wrestling career.
1: I hope that, too. I've been injured thousands of miles away from home, and it's not a great way to spend a night at the office when you do that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I can only imagine.
1: You mentioned OVW, and of course most people that follow wrestling knows that they have been around over 20 years, and they have been a feeder system to WWE and to Impact Wrestling. They are very, very well-renowned as trainers of some of the greatest stars in our industry, even to this day. When you go there to Louisville, and work on an OVW show, even though most people look at them and say they are just an independent company and low budget. Do you feel any added pressure succeeding there because of the success rate and because of the history with the company, or do you look at it like you would traveling to any other show? No, I, uh, it's,
0: there was definitely a little bit more, more pressure, and I think it was also because once you walk into those doors, you see, like, they have frames of everyone who has trained there. Like, there was just, you know, pictures of, of John Cena, um, Melina, there's Batista, like, all of these people that I grew up watching, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I am... In this place where all these people trained at, and, and like they wrestled, and so um, I definitely felt like there's a, a little pressure, but I just had to remind myself. I, I and this is what I tell myself in every match: is just is just to have fun.
1: <laughs> OVW's women division is in. A big part led by the Amazing Maria, whom I love. The Amazing Maria, mm-hmm. very, very long time OVW standout, and she transitioned to more of a backstage role there, but very instrumental. Did you get the chance to spend a lot of time with Amazing Maria?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, she was great. I I I loved her. Um, so I, yeah, I, I got to speak with her a little bit. Um, also, um, uh, Sarita, Sarita, um, from PNA, uh, she was there. So that was really cool to also, uh, speak with her. Um, yeah, it was, it was just an amazing time.
1: glad you had a good experience there. It'll be a great place to go if you ever have the chance. For sure. As someone that has traveled quite a bit in wrestling, you know as well as I do that if a promoter can set a ring in a venue, be it outdoors or indoors, and they think they can make money, they're going to set up that ring which means wrestling shows are held in some very uncommon places, some very strange venues. I'm sure you've been to a few of those shows, and you've wondered why are we here. What's been the strangest venue so far where you've wrestled?
0: Um... I don't really know how to describe it. It was just kind of, it was in El Paso. Um, it was just really hot. Like the building was really hot and I had a change in a porta potty. Um, <laughs> people there were great. And I actually went back to El Paso this year and I got to wrestle in a zoo. Um, so I would say, The interesting places to wrestle so far that I've been at would be in El Paso.
1: (laughs) On the flip side of it, there are those venues that, for whatever reason to the individual, is a place they really love to go to wrestle, whether it's the aesthetics of the building or the history of it or the regular fan base at its ends there. Do you have that favorite venue that you most love to go to wrestle? Um,
0: that's hard. Um, I would say the first one would be in Utah um, as a gateway. Um, but unfortunately, they have uh, demolished that place specifically where um we would train and we would wrestle there's just so many memories there um and yeah we, we did a bunch of shows there so that was ultimately my favorite place um the fans were always great um i would say the second one would be um fsw um again it's it's so much fun every time I go there also, and the the people there are also great.
1: One of the things, and I'm sure this will apply to you, a lot of wrestlers that have out-of-their-area bookings, and especially on the West Coast where things are spaced out more than they are on the East Coast and the Midwest, they have those long drives. They're driving five, six, seven, eight, nine hours one way to get to the show And in that time frame, you're going to need some energy, some caffeine to stay awake, some food to keep yourself from getting the shakes. Do you have a go-to food or coffee stop for when you're on the road, a place that maybe is around everywhere that you know you're going to be able to get what you want?
0: have a a specific place that um I I stop at um although I have like a specific snack I get it's always um but it's like jerky like beef jerky um but yeah as far as the place that I stop I don't really have one other than gas just regular gas stations (laughs)
1: Uh, do you have a go-to coffee when it comes to meeting your coffee needs out on the road?
0: I I actually don't drink coffee. <laughs>
1: uh huh. Yeah. Um,
0: I like it, but I I don't know. It always makes me sick every time I drink it. So
1: I just I just don't. <laughs> Understandable. Are we? talked earlier of the cardio that a lot of your opponents face when they come to your area but cardio is important for any wrestler no matter where they are they have to be able to go as long as possible in the ring what's your cardiovascular regimen like in order to maintain ring readiness
0: um what like what what do you mean by that
1: like, like do you have like a specific routine that you do to keep up your cardio do you do treadmills or jogging outside or go to the gym and work those machines anything in particular
0: yeah um i i definitely like using the stairmaster. um i mean climbing up the stairs you know is is difficult (laughs) especially um you know like if you live in an apartment and you live let's just say at the very top and then you have all these groceries so I think doing a stair you can find stairs anywhere you know so um that's always my my go-to as far as cardio
1: Uh, Since you do travel quite a bit, since you wrestle regularly in mountainous areas where the elevation is quite a bit higher, which affects the cardio, when you go to a place like OVW, or you go down to Texas, or some of these other places where the elevation is a lot lower, do you find yourself having more energy than you would Normally, when you wrestle, or was, does it not really affect you that way?
0: I don't think I can really tell, only because of the travel. I think you're you're pretty tired from the travel, anyways. Unless, let's just say, I get there one or two days before, to just kind of relax a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I can't really tell. <laughs>
1: What is the longest match so far that you've had to wrestle?
0: The longest match. Um I don't really get a lot of long matches. Um so I mean fifteen minutes probably, but I like I don't really think that's a long time though either. If that makes sense. <laughs>
1: Depends on your perspective. Some people don't go more than 10 ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's me.
1: (laughs) One of the more important parts of professional wrestling for the people that know what they're talking about is the role of the referee. A good referee can help salvage a bad match in the right situation, a bad referee can really sink what should be a good match, Uh, referees can kind of help lead the newer wrestlers if need be, if they know what they're doing. I know you've worked with a wide variety in your career, but who are some of the better referees out there that you've noticed are really good at their jobs?
0: My favorite referee, um, his name is Skyler. Um, he's done a lot of my matches, and he actually en- enjoys um, when he gets put on um, when he has to do the the girls' matches. Um, I think he does really well in in checking up on everyone, making sure everyone's okay, um, in communication, and um, telling us our times, communicating with. With everyone in the ring, um, and then I would also say all all of the wrestlers and or all of the referees um, in in Rocky Mountain Pro also um, with Ed Crumpton and and Eli, um, they're they're also really great, and I'm also so happy every time um, they get to rough ref- my matches. They do a very very good job. And communicating, I think that's that's the most important.
1: It is a very important part for sure. Another one of the unfortunately overlooked parts of pro wrestling that's very, very important is the ring announcer. They are often the face of the company as far as what the fans see. Whether they legitimately are in charge or not, a lot of fans view them as being in charge of a company just because that's the perception a lot of fans have, is the ring announcer has control over everything. And a good ring announcer lets fans know all of the pertinent information they need to support the company and be able to spend their money within the company... Bad ring announcers can make it very hard for fans to be able to follow what's happening and to know where to go to spend their money and actually cost the company some revenue. Like I said, you've been to enough places where you've seen a wide variety. Who are some of the better ring announcers out there that you've worked with so far?
0: Ring announcers? Um, Man, I'm really bad at names so i i couldn't really tell you specifically but other than you know the people i work with the most again is um, rocky mountain pro and um arias does a really great job um in ring announcing um i think he and i love all the suits that he wears i think it's so great um so he's He's, he's incredible, for sure.
1: Uh, first time that you and I worked together, it was for Glamour, which is the sister promotion of Northwest Pro here in Washington State. You've had a lot of success with Glamour. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be part of that company?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I remember just a JD reaching out to me and just saying that he was starting um, a new woman's company out in Washington, which I was like, that is so great because it's so rare to just see just a woman's company. I I know here in Colorado we used to have one that's called Respect. I'm not really sure what's going on with that, but. Um, so I was really excited um, about that, and I thought it was it, – and I had so much fun every time I, I went over there. Um, yeah, it was great. I And I, I had my first cage match there against Lilith Grimm. Um, that's actually when I won the belt. I've never been in a cage match before, and so that was awesome. Um, I also got to do – a tables match, and I've never done that. It was just a lot of different matches that I never have gotten to do, nor I think I would really ever do again, only because how other people book their matches. Um, but I, I had so much fun with that for sure.
1: I believe I was in that cage match, as I recall it. Now. Glamour has had uh, standalone shows, but they've also had feature matches on some Northwest Pro shows. From my understanding, we're looking at bringing back some standalone shows with Glamour in 2023 when some logistics of travel and so forth are worked out with the company. Do you think that here in the Northwest, just based on what you've seen, the fans are going to be receptive to all women's promotions.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, in, in, in Washington, you're speaking specifically of? Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, if if we are able to, get this, the same, not only just the same people that were originally in Glamour, but also newer people. I think you mentioned um, Kikyo um, earlier. I think Dee would be so great to to bring out, and I feel like um, there would be a lot of people interested in, in wanting to see what she can do.
1: Absolutely. And when you – first got to Glamour and that first Glamour show, I noticed very, very quickly that the fans sort of gravitated towards you. It did not take you very long to have the fan support, and that's sort of rare here in Washington. It usually takes people two or three times before the fans really start to react to them. When you came out and you had crowd support pretty quickly. Is that something you're used to in a new area when you debut, or was it a little bit quicker than what you're accustomed to happen?
0: No, that's actually pretty normal for me. Uh, and that's, I usually um, get a huge pop, I guess, how uh, we would say is the crowd is always very loud when I come out, um, and it it's, it's an amazing feeling for sure. And I love, I love children. Um, and so it's always so great when I see the little kids get excited, um, you know, and there's also adults that are just like, what? Oh my gosh. You know? So that's, it's, it's always so, so cool to hear those reactions.
1: This time of year, of course, we've hit the holiday gift-giving season, and wrestling fans always enjoy getting new wrestling merchandise for the holidays. There's a lot out there. What could fans of Ola Lola expect and maybe see this season as they receive gifts that are wrestling-related?
0: Yeah, I mean, um like I I have a few shirts um that I'm selling right now. I also have stickers and pictures. I'm actually trying to come up with more ideas on what to have um for merch. I I think it it's it's kind of hard kind of trying to figure out that middle ground of like what to provide for children and also what to provide for adults. Um, but I mean, any recommendations would be great. Um, I'm planning on, uh, hopefully getting a few baseball cards. I think that would be really cool. Um, but, um, when, when I was growing up, um, for Christmas time, um, my favorite thing to get was actually action figures. Um, I I used to collect a lot of them, and so I think, um, you know, if if uh, someone wants um, a gift that's wrestling related, I feel like the best thing to go with would be um, a wrestling action figure.
1: Not a bad choice, right there. I will just throw out there: I think a lot of fans would enjoy their very own Ola Lola backpack as well. Yeah,
0: that's a good idea. I like that.
1: I know lots of fans like to kind of pretend they are their favorite wrestlers. They see that wrestler make the entrance. So I think that would be a, a hit with a lot of the younger demographic and probably some of the older demographic.
0: yeah. I am going to start looking into that. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. I don't want an extra cut. That's all your money, just a free idea. (laughs) I mentioned being in that cage match and also the tables match. We know in professional wrestling there are dozens upon dozens of stipulation matches out there everything from first blood matches to bull rope matches to insert whatever object on a pole matches to blindfold matches to lumberjack matches. Is there any specific stipulation match in our industry that you have not done so far that would most interest you in doing?
0: So, when I first started watching wrestling, um, I really enjoyed the death death matches, and so that's something that I always wanted to do, but then after watching a few people actually do it, I was kind of like, maybe not, maybe I'll just kind of, (laughs) I'll just watch, Um, but I don't I I can't really think of any matches that I I mean I would want to do a tables match again. I would definitely do a cage match again. Um I would say maybe yeah, like a, a lumberjack match. I think that would be really cool um to have like all the girls out there. Um I think that would be awesome.
1: As you are aware, here in Washington, we have Lumberzack, who is a lumberjack wrestler. I don't know if it's his specialty or not, but I'm sure he would love to see you in a lumberjack match right here in his very own backyard.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. That would be
1: great. Besides glamour, I've noticed in the last few years there have been upswings of more and more all-female promotions out there. Uh, Several years before you got into the business, you had Shimmer, and then it branched off to Shine as a sister promotion, and that was more or less your only all-women's wrestling. But now there are so many promotions out there across the United States that are all-women's groups. Thunder Rosa has an all-women's group in Texas. Uh, you have a lot of these independent companies all over coming up and it's all women in every role. Do you like doing shows like that that are all women based or do you prefer wrestling on shows that are more inclusive to everyone?
0: I like I like both um, but I think the ones where it's just Woman wrestling i think there's something just so special about it um uh, just all the girls coming together no issues no problems we're all a team and we all want a good show um so i i definitely like the shows where it's just all women i think it's it's wonderful
1: Now, one of the things that a lot of people in wrestling have had trouble with in the last few years is intergender wrestling. Uh, Just because of the way society is now, a lot of people dislike the thought of intergender wrestling. A lot of people still see no problem with it and enjoy watching it. For your own career, have you done very many intergender matches?
0: When I was first starting, I did. um, I did a lot of intergender uh, matches. Um, That's also why I wanted to move to Colorado is because there were more girls here that I could wrestle. um, Because it's definitely different wrestling guys than wrestling girls. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, in a similar vein, mixed tag team matches are always a popular feature on most independent shows as well. Do you do a lot of the mixed tag team matches?
0: When I do mixed tag team matches, actually, um, it's every time I go to Vegas. Um, that's normally when I do a mixed tag team and I normally uh, tag with Ricky Tenacious. Um, He is so great. We, we play off each other very well, although he's a heel. um, And so it's, it's always, it's always interesting um, when, when we team up and my favorite finisher that we do together is the friendship express um, where I, it's it's still my DDT, but it's more of a tornado DDT, and, but he just kind of helps me with that, gives me a little extra push.
1: Very interesting. All right. Mm. Now, as someone that has explored and has had adventures all over the United States, especially on the western half of the country, like we said earlier, are there still parts of the United States you've not explored yet for wrestling that most interest you as we head into the new year is perhaps making your way there?
0: Yeah. um, Man, I would say the, the East coast. I haven't, I haven't wrestled over there at all. Actually Um, I've done few trainings. Over there, um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely love it to be on on a show anywhere on the East Coast.
1: One of the goals that a lot of professional wrestlers have for themselves, no matter if they are at the independent level or if they are with some of the largest companies in the world, is to wrestle in all 50 states. Have you ever made that an actual goal of yours?
0: Yes. I would I would love, I mean, I think it wasn't just wrestling, but just actually traveling to every single state. Um, and actually tomorrow um, I'll be in Indiana, um, and so I'll be crossing that off my list. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to make my, my debut there.
1: We're missing each other by like two weeks, apparently. Where are you going to be oh. in Indiana tomorrow?
0: Um, it's in, um, what is it? Huntington?
1: Oh, up in the northern part of the state. All right.
0: Yes. hmm
1: Now, one of the things that has really taken off at the independent level in the last couple of years, especially in the COVID era, is live streaming shows. A lot of people are still leery of live streaming because they feel it takes away from the live attendance and people will choose to just stay at home rather than Come out to the arena and pay for a ticket on the flip side a lot of people think that it brings more fans to the arena if they discover the streaming and get into a particular promotion or a particular wrestler there's pros and cons of course to it as there are with everything but are you finding in your travels more and more promotions that actually do stream their shows
0: Yes. Yeah, I think most of the promotions that I go to um, stream their shows. I think it's it's great um, because, I mean, again, you have the local audience there or maybe for some reason um, the people just couldn't make it, you know, so they're able to tune in um, to these live streams. But also, you know, you can have, I mean, I I was born in Peru and I have family in Peru and I think it's so great that even though they're like miles and miles away, they can tune in and and watch my matches. Um, So I think live streaming is, is, is incredible when, when it's done.
1: on a very loosely connected thread there is a peru indiana that has the occasional show pop-up so while you're in indiana maybe you could get booked in peru
0: yeah um i actually when i first started training it was like my first three months um i went to peru and i i trained for a day with gll um over there i thought that was it was really cool to kind of learn because um, they do the Lucha Libre kind of style. Um, but now it seems like there's a dojo over there, um, and they do American-style wrestling. Um, and I'm hoping to go uh, sometime this year uh, to Peru. So hopefully, you know, I'll make my my international debut this
1: year. That would be great. Oh, you Also Since you do travel quite a bit You probably have noticed A lot of Very interesting wrestling gear Uh, There are lots of really fantastic Gear makers out there And especially this time of year A lot of people want customized Wrestling gear because There are a lot of holiday themed shows And they're looking to get new gear To match up with that. Do you personally have a set go-to gear maker when you need wrestling gear made?
0: Yes. Um, Actually, um, her name is Trina. She is so good. She's made most of the gear um, from the people who are in R&P, and she's also done gear for... um, People who are in AEW, I believe she's she's made the gear that Abaddon wears. Um, she's made gear for Heidi Howitzer um, and for for more people that that you've also seen on TV. Um, so she is incredible, and um, I'm actually gonna be getting um, new gear soon. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that.
1: Now, as someone that has a few years of experience now, I'm sure you see a lot of these younger upstart wrestlers coming in, and a lot of them are going to have a lot of potential to be really good as well. In your adventures, who would you say are some of the younger wrestlers that are just starting out that you think might be the superstars in the next couple of years?
0: Oh, man. Um, I would say Alice Blair um, from Vegas. She's incredible. I first, when I went out there the first time, um, her, that was her thing, her third match that she was in. And um Last time I was there in November, I got to wrestle her one-on-one, and it was just so great to see her growth and what she's been doing. And she's been going on more and more shows, and so I, I really think that she is going to make a name for herself, and I'm very excited for her.
1: Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure there is plenty of time for you. If you would like to say anything at all to the listeners today and plug and promote anything and everything you would like, social media, upcoming appearances, merchandise, your favorite bakery, anything that you would like, floor is all yours. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you so much for for having me and thank thank you to everyone who is listening um and yeah if you have time i would say check out rocky mountain pro check out fsw um and again if you live in indiana i am going to be there tomorrow um and i'm also going to be wrestling down in colorado springs in february um but yeah, if you want more information, um, you can go ahead and follow me on um, Lola's Dot Big Adventures on Instagram or Olalola on Facebook. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's all I have. <laughs>
1: Well, Lola, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on here. Best of luck tomorrow in Huntington, Indiana. And hopefully once we get into 2023, our paths will actually cross same place, same time.
0: Thank you. Thank you again. And, yes, hopefully I get to see you again. I would love to go back to Washington. That would be,
1: be great. J.D. Mason, if you're listening, bring her back. Bring her back. (laughs) Yes, please. All right. Well, fans, we will be back with you on Sunday afternoon. We have with you as we wrap up Yule Month, Santa Claus. He's coming down from the North Pole via Spokane, Washington, to join us. And a special day and time next week to accommodate my own trip to Indiana. We will be having on Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern Time, Sunny, the California girl from the original GLOW. So make sure you have plans to be with us for that. going to be a great time. Everybody stay safe out there. Go support your local independent professional wrestling wherever it may be near you. And we will talk to you soon.